All right. Well, I hope you brought your Bibles with you. I mean, I encourage you to bring your Bibles every Sunday to worship, obviously, but especially during this Lenten season. Last Sunday, we talked about the devil and what the Bible specifically said about the devil. The next few weeks, we're going to look deeper at individual stories in the Scripture where we can learn a little bit more about how the devil works, about how the devil attacks, and how we can, um, how we can resist, as we were just so told beautifully during the children's moment, how we can resist temptation, resist the attack of the devil. So today we're going to be in Genesis chapter 3, the story of the fall. Well, actually, we're going to start in Genesis 2. We're going to read Genesis 2, verse 15 through 17, and then we're going to read Genesis 3, 1 through 19. Every story has a start, and we're going to see today how humanity kind of got into the place it's in, in Genesis chapter 3. So I invite you to read with me in Genesis 2, 1 through 15. I'm sorry, Genesis 2, 15 through 17, and then Genesis 3. The Lord took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till it and keep it. The Lord commanded the man, listen to this, listen, y'all. You may eat, you may freely eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall die. Okay, that's God's command in Genesis 2. Now let's go to Genesis 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the, true, of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it, or you will die. But the serpent said to the woman, you'll not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that there was a delight to the eyes, and the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. And the eyes of both were opened, and they knew they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man and said, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman who you gave me, who gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit from the tree, and I ate. When the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent tricked me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you among all animals, among all wild creatures. Upon your belly shall you go, and the dust you shall eat it all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will strike at your head, and you will strike at his heel. To the woman, he said, I will greatly increase your pangs in childbearing, and in pain you shall bear forth children. Yet your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. To the man, he said, because you've listened to the voice of your wife and eaten of the tree at which I commanded you, you shall not eat. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil, of it, in toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth for you. You shall eat plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread until you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. You were dust. To dust you shall return. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Okay, so we're going to dig a little bit deeper into the story today. And that's why I wanted to start off with Gen the Genesis 2. We see in Genesis 2... What do we see? We see that in verse 16, this, this is the command of God. And the Lord God commanded the man, you may eat freely of every tree in the garden, but of the tree 
of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. On that day you eat of it, you, on that day you eat of it, you shall die. So, what trees could they eat from? All of them. One tree, you can't eat from that one. What happens if you eat of it? You die. Okay. So they got all these trees there to eat. Every one of them. They got the biggest orchard in Florida. They can eat any of them. Except for that one tree. So, of course, being human, what do you want to do with the one thing you can't do? You want to eat it. Yeah. That's why it's called forbidden fruit. So, so everything, right? All of them. Except for that one. And you can eat anything they want to. So we get to three. And the, by the way, y'all, okay, here's Genesis 3 in a nutshell. Don't talk to snakes. Just don't, okay? Just don't talk to snakes. And if the, ta- if the snake talks back to you, contact your local health care provider, okay? Just, just don't talk to snakes. That's, that's really all you need to know. So, by the way, notice, okay, in the Bible, I don't know what translation you have, but I'm reading from the New Revised Standard. And it, there, it, verse 1 says, the Lord God... Anytime in the Bible you see the phrase the Lord God, specifically with the word Lord capitalized, that is an English translation of the divine name Yahweh. The Lord is always Yahweh. That is a personal name, and that is a name of covenant. To call God the Lord God is to imply there is a relationship with God. The Lord or Yahweh is a relational covenant name. That is what God calls himself. That's what scripture calls God. That's what Adam and Eve call God. The devil, by the way, remember last week in, uh, we read Revelation 12? What was the devil also called there? Serpent. Chronologically, Revelation 12 happened before Genesis 3, Okay. Now, in the Bible, Revelation 12 happens later, but in terms of actual chronology or history, Revelation 12 came before Genesis 3. The war in heaven happened first. So now the serpent who was cast out of heaven, he now comes to Adam and Eve. And notice what he calls the Lord God in verse 1. He says, he calls him God. Not the Lord God, not Lord, but God. That is a very generic term for God. There's no relationship there. The Lord God's relational. The word for the devil that the devil uses for God here is just a generic term for deity. Y'all, it's not simply enough that we know that God exists. Remember, faith is not intellectual agreement. The devil knows that God exists. The devil believes in God, but the devil does not have a relationship with God. Our faith is not an intellectual only thing. It is a heart thing. It isn't just enough that we acknowledge that God exists. It's that we submit our lives to God. He becomes Lord of our life. So it's not just intellect. It's submission. It's relationship. The devil doesn't have it. He doesn't call God Yahweh. He calls him God, a generic term. So when this devil comes... And he says, and what does he say? He says this. He first says, did God say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? So he asked Eve, did God say you can't eat from any of these trees? By the way, is that what God said? No. God said, go crazy. Make all the fruit salad you want. Just don't eat that one. So what does the devil do? He doubts God's word. And he twists it. 
He, he distracts them, and he, 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 he muddies the water. He said, did God, did God say you can't eat any of this? Really? Did God say you can't eat any of this? And what's Eve say? Now, Eve kind of, she starts off well. He says, um, the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of any of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it or you shall die. Did God say anything about touching a tree? No. Go back and read Genesis 2. All God said was don't eat from that one tree. I guess you can touch it, you can lick it, you can spit on it. I guess you can do what you want to. Just don't eat it. But what did Eve say? God said we can't look at it, we can't hold hands with it, we can't do anything, we can't pass by it. No, God said specifically don't eat that one. The devil twists it. And Eve wasn't paying attention. Well, technically, if we're going to go from preaching meddling here, who, did God, who was God talking to in Genesis 2? Adam. Eve hadn't been created yet. So either Eve wasn't paying attention to Adam or Adam wasn't paying attention to God. Somebody wasn't paying attention. Y'all, it's loud out there. There are a million things vying for your attention, vying for your time, vying for your headspace. Choose wisely. Choose wisely what you listen to. Choose wisely who you listen to. I'm listening to a podcast recently. And there, for teenage girls, there's, we're finding a direct relationship between time spent on social media and overall levels of depression and anxiety. I think one of the best things all of us can do, apart from any age we are, is log off the computer put the phone down, and go outside and look at something pretty. The more we allow our brains to be passively occupied by the anger of this moment, the less likely we can actually hear God. I don't care what they're saying on Facebook or what they're saying on the news or what they're saying in the newspaper. I want to have a stillness of heart to listen for God's voice. Adam and Eve were not listening for God's voice. So what happened when the serpent came? They weren't paying attention. They couldn't even quote back to the devil what God said. The devil twisted it, and they weren't paying attention. So, and you know what the devil does here? Here's what, you know what we see in Genesis 3? Everybody passes the buck. Everybody. So the devil says this. He says, but the serpent said, you'll not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. God just doesn't want you to know everything. God doesn't want you to know everything. Y'all, there's things God just doesn't want us to do because it's going to destroy us. I want with every fiber of my being to eat a thousand thin mints like, like, like we were told this morning. Ain't nothing better than a thin mint. Like I said, if one's good, a hundred's better. And then I'm going to pass out from a sugar rush. So I shouldn't eat a hundred thin mints no matter how, much, how good I think they are. There are certain things like this tree that look pleasing to the eye that will destroy us. Sin is destructive. It's not a play toy. It's not a play pretty. You can't defeat the demons you're playing footsie with, y'all. You can't defeat the demons you're playing footsie with. Sin is not a trifling thing. It's not something to be played around with. It is a destructive force. John 10, 10, the thief comes to rob, to kill, and to destroy. Don't play with sin. It'll destroy you. 
So the devil says, God don't want you to know. Well, they do it anyway. And Adam says, he says, God says, what'd you do? Adam says, well, technically it's not my fault. It's the woman who, for remember correctly, you gave me. So technically, God, this is your fault. He said, I didn't do it. It was her fault. You know, you, you gave her to me. So technically, God, I guess this is on you. We've all learned a valuable lesson here. Then Eve says, no, no, it's the serpent. No one stops to take accountability. No one takes ownership. No one admits when they're wrong. What was the first message Jesus preached? Repent and believe the gospel. What does that mean? Guys, I blew it. I'm an imperfect vessel. And if you're looking to me, Andy Stoddard, to be the perfect pastor or leader, I'm sorry, I'm going to fail you. I'm not going to try to. It's not on my to-do list. It's not on my checklist today. But it's going to happen because I'm human. The world has one Savior, and that Savior is not Andy or any other pastor. That Savior is Jesus Christ. Look to him above all things. So we see here, we, in, in, verse, in verse 6, it says this. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes, um, she took the fruit and ate. And she also gave it to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. What did God specifically tell them not to do? Eat from that tree. What do we see in verse 6? Eve ate and Adam ate. They both made a choice to go against specifically what God had told them. Y'all, let's be honest. There's sometimes we don't know. There are times in our life we don't know right from wrong. There are. There are times in our life when we are unsure. There are. But y'all, there's a lot of times we know right from wrong, don't we? That we know. We know it's wrong. And we choose to do it anyway. How often in our life do we know the right thing to do? We think, oh, God will forgive me. Or, oh, they'll never know. Or, oh, what's it matter? You can't defeat the demons you're playing footsie with. They knew. And Scripture tells us they chose to do exactly what God told them not to do. And so we see their action. And then we see... In verses 15 and following, the consequences of their action, we see that God pronounces judgment. First, to the serpent. You're going to crawl on your belly, and we're going to get to the rest of this curse in a second. Then to Eve, he says, I'm going to increase your pain in childbirth. You'll desire your husband who will rule over you. We see, you know what we see right here in that first part? That there's going to be broken relationships in our lives. Adam and Eve. Eve was made from the flesh of Adam. She was literally flesh from his flesh. And what do we see as soon as sin entered in? Now we've got pain. Now we've got dominion. Now we've got suffering. Now we've got brokenness. How many relationships in our life? How many of us this morning have relationships in our life that are broken because of sin? That are broken because of something that we've done? Or broken because of something that they've done? That's what sin does. And sometimes we're just like Adam and Eve. If there's a relationship in my life that's broken, I can simply say, oh, it's not my fault. They've not apologized yet. Or it's not my fault. Well, they got what was coming to them. And how many relationships in our life are broken today because of that sin of pride? Because we're too proud to say, I'm sorry. Or we're too proud to say, you're forgiven. Very soon, sin entered in. 
So we see with Eve, we see the effect of sin upon relationships. We see upon Adam. It says, cursed is the ground because of you. You're going to work and it's going to be hard. And because of their fall, death enters in. You are from the dust and from the dust you shall be. They eat from the fruit and they die. Y'all, we're all going to die. Every one of us here. We're going to die. Nobody gets out alive. That's the effect of the fall. That's the way it goes. We can run from it. We can pretend like it's not going to happen. We can ignore it. But we will all one day breathe our last. I mean, y'all know a little bit about what we're going through with my family right now. People say, how's your mama doing? She's okay. Only way this dynamic changes is for someone to die. That's life, y'all. That's the way it goes. That's the effect of Adam. That wasn't the way God designed us. That's not what we were made for. But that is the reality that we live into. That's the reality of life. We want to hide from it. We want to pretend like it's not so. But that is reality. We will all die. So that's why verse 15 is so important. Because verse, verse 15 in my Bible says, to the serpent, I'll put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will strike your head. You will strike at his heel. The King James, I think, says, and his, her offspring, you will strike at his offspring, uh, 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 between the offspring and the, and the serpent. You will strike at his heel and he will crush your head. The Bible here is telling us that one day an offspring of Eve, one day an offspring of Eve will crush the head of the serpent. Who is that offspring of Eve who crushes the head of the serpent? Jesus. Jesus. That even in this moment of the fall, yes, y'all, everything is corrupted. We are the sons and daughters of Adam and Eve. We are born with an innate sinful desire. We are born craving sin. We are born broken. We are born frail. Every one of us, we all have a sinful nature. We all do dumb things. We all fall. We all choose wrong. Every one of us, we are all sinful. I'm an old school preacher. I believe that we're sinful, but we need Jesus. But in this notion, we see that, yes, we are sinful. And yes, we are fallen. But yes, we have a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Who will crush the head of the serpent. And yes, sin, death, and the grave have their moment now. But sin, death, and the grave are defeated by Jesus. And one day, a new Jerusalem will come down like a bride adorned for her husband. And sin, death, and the grave will be no more. And they will be defeated forever. But in this moment now, we find ourselves. We see the reality of sin. And the reality of human brokenness. And the reality of death. And it hurts. And it's painful. And it affects our relationship with each other and with God. But through the power of Christ, we don't have to be passive. We can push back. What's that old poem by Dylan Thomas? Do not go gently into that dark night, but rage against the darkness. 
Sin doesn't win, y'all. Does the the Bible say the devil is the father of all truths? No. It's the father of all lies. He wants us to believe that sin will win and that death will win and that brokenness will win and that we can't be forgiven, that we can't say no to temptation, that we can never stand. But an offspring of Eve has crushed his head and we know that sin, death, and the grave are defeated. So yes, this is how it starts, sure. But this is also how it ends. And how does it end? It ends with the victory of Christ over the devil. So yeah, we see his power today. Let's have a relationship with God. Let's know what God really said. Let's say we're sorry when we're wrong. But above all, let's rely upon Jesus in our temptations. We know that he is victorious over the grave. Let us pray.